So the check's in the mail, that's what I, you're saying. I hope so. <laughs> okay. So where were you born, Adrian? I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada. And is that where you were raised? Um, for a few years. When I was uh, about six or seven, I, was, I just finished the first grade. We moved to Sunnyvale for a few years. My dad... Sunnyvale is the Bay Area, just south of San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, just over the hill here. Um, and my dad was going to school there for a couple of years. So the family moved down. Hey, I'm sorry, man. My dog That's okay. Your dog's cool. Hey, dude. Um, he was studying to be a chiropractor. So he did that for a couple of years. And uh, we lived in Sunnyvale. Then moved back to Vancouver Island when I was about nine. And that, that's Canada also? Yeah, it's on the West Coast. So if you go from Vancouver to the city, you get on a ferry for about two hours across the, the strait, and then you get to the island. So. And then so you lived there until you were? Lived there until I was 20, 20. Okay, mm -hmm. so you were Canadian, then, then four or five years in the States, and then another 14, 15 years back in Canada. Yep. You lived at no. home until you were 20? Yeah, those times are a little off, but, but yeah, that's the gist. And then you lived at home until you were 20? Did you go to, what did you, when you went to college, did you live at home? No. I, uh, I left the house. I graduated when I was 17 just because my birthday's in September and just the way it fell. Um, and then uh, went to college like uh, one town down from where I grew up. So it's about 90 minutes south. In, in Canada? Yeah, in yeah. a city called Nanaimo. Gotcha. Um, so I went, went to school there. Uh, and what are you doing like for training back then? Like, are you on the cheerleading team? Are you on the wrestling team? Are you playing hockey? Like, good wh question. What 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 are you doing? At that point, uh, like it, when I was younger, my parents enrolled me in in like everything, not in a serious way. Like, I was never like a serious athlete. It just didn't really interest me, especially team sports. They just didn't really float my boat. Uh, but like as a kid, I played soccer, I played baseball, I played, you know, whatever was there. Um, and then when I was like 10 ish, that's when I started to focus on gymnastics. And I did that until I was about 15. Um, but where I grew up was like the recreation capital of anywhere. It's, you know, pretty amazing place. I was 10 minutes from the beach and about half an hour to the top of a ski hill. This is so, Vancouver Island. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful place. So, you know, like my brother and I, we were always mountain biking and rock climbing. So and five hiking, years of gymnastics. Yeah. Could you do cool stuff? I could, but not so much anymore. Tell, like what, what's the stuff you could do? Stuff on the rings? A little bit. I, I was never that good. Like I just enjoyed it. And uh, what's the, the, the pommel horse? I didn't do too much pommel horse. It was mostly parallel bars and rings and floor. Can Those you break like dance? Three. No. You, do you have any dancing skills? No. Do you ever dance? No. You don't. You and Kim don't dance. I got to be really drunk if I if I'm gonna dance. <laughs> Adrian was. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this still happens, but for the longest time, this is like 10, 10, eight, nine, 10 years ago. Uh, we used to work seminars together, and every single one, it was oh, like yeah. Boz was like he was like the party trick. Yeah. We would. It, I don't even remember which lecture. That was. It was we, Dave's favorite thing to do was to pull me out and like make me do something it was day two huh when yeah. we were getting into just like some accessory stuff we'd go over like planches planches and stuff not do, that or? serious it was like usually like a press to handstand or like some sort of we'd, yeah we'd i don't know bring out like the parallettes and basically do it was like it was like the trip the little trick that we would all like to play yeah l sit to handstand something yeah. like that stuff that for a gymnast is basic but for the common man it's like what the fuck and at that time no one in the CrossFit world was really capable of doing that. Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, I was definitely less 
which is good because it's like the only thing I could do. So <laughs> it's like my only leftover skill. So. Uh, so, so, so at 15, you stopped doing gymnastics. You're a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Uh, what are you getting into then? What are you doing for training then? Not much. I um. Are you skateboarding with your friends? Yeah, I, weed, I skateboard like a little that? bit. Um, no, not into smoking. Uh, I used to ride my bike everywhere. Like the town I grew up in uh, was a town called Courtney. You had you had colored hair and you didn't do drugs. Nope. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know people judged you for that. That's fine. Mohawk colored <laughs> hair. <laughs> that's uh, that, yes, I'm sure that happened. Um, but hey, what are you gonna do? Right. Yeah, I used to ride my bike everywhere. I would think nothing of hopping on my bike and riding ten you know, speed thirty kilometers. Yeah, to uh, my friend's house and spend the night and ride back, and that's just how we got around. So I wasn't really doing anything formal. Thirty though. miles. That's some Canada that's talk. Awesome. I did that kilometers. same shit. Oh, kilometers. That's yeah. Canada talk. But still, that's far. Like. It's not that yeah. far. For those of us in California, it was like a mile. Right. Whew. Well, anyway, so nothing really formal, but then I caught just kind of a working out bug um, kind of around the same time. Like I remember my dad, uh, one of his um, clients at the time. Chest buys and tries. Well, no, he owned, my dad's client owned this gym in town called Sugars, which I hope it's still there. It was like this bodybuilding dungeon and it was awesome. And uh, he got a free membership kind of in trade with the owner for, you know, treatment. And so my dad got a key to the gym and we would just show up there early mornings and train. And I mean, so it was he, like exactly what you'd expect, you know, it was like preacher curl. Yeah. And, and would you actually work out with your dad? He does a set, you do a set, you worked out with him? Kind of. It was like he kind of, we go in together and he kind of do his own thing and I kind of do my own thing. He didn't teach you stuff. Little bits and pieces. But, you know, it was, I, I read a lot. And I had a bunch of like old bodybuilding books that were really influential to me, like a lot of Bill Pearl books, stuff like that. Okay, um, so you were digging in. Yeah. You yeah. were taking it serious. Yeah. You were like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Okay, and so you lift weights sophomore year, junior year, mm -hmm. senior year. Do you ever take a break? Not really. It was just something I did. Um, and well, I got to the point where I started reading about kettlebells. This is like late 90s, like right when they were first coming out. I guess coming out is the wrong word, but like they right. kind of started to break into being available in the United States and Canada. And, uh, you know, I was broke at the time. There's no way I could afford something like that. And but this I, is pre-internet. You must have seen that like on, in a magazine. Was internet. It was internet. There was internet yeah. when you were 20? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 34. I guess barely, huh? Yeah. I mean, it yeah. wasn't anything fancy, but like you get your little like angel fire pages and like you, know. you go to the library oh, yeah. and, you, and you go to the library and use the computer. Yeah, or like we had a we had a home computer, the family computer. I remember I can't remember when we got internet, but what was your home computer? A Dell or something? Oh man, not I, an Apple. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Oh, definitely not. Okay. Um, I have no idea. But uh, a PC. Yes. Yeah, like the big. <laughs> uh, Late nineties. Yeah, that was that was definitely like right on the brink of that just being available. Yeah. yeah. So I read a bunch of uh, books on kettlebells and then I started making my own out of concrete and training with those. And I mean, I'm lucky they didn't fail on me, but <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, it's, it's, so I started doing that and that, yeah, that was one more step in to kind of meeting up with the CrossFit world. Okay. So you finish, you, you, you finish 
your stint on in Na- Naomo. Where was your college town? Nanaimo. Yeah, that place. You finished that up, and then where do you go from there? I uh, moved to San Francisco in 2003. Okay, sorry. Let's go back. In your college years when you were doing the boxing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how, um, tell me about that. Face, um, fa- face gear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was nothing... Jab hook, special. Uppercut. Yeah, it you was, learned the, uh, the basics. We would meet on Mondays and I think Thursdays. Uh, it was after school, like after you know all the college classes were done. And there's this big dude who I was terrified of at the time. He's this huge guy. His name was Damien, and uh, I don't know what his gig was at the college. I don't know how he was there because he's one of these guys that, looking back on it, like he was probably in his late twenties enormous like powerlifting dude with the the big beard and like at the time you didn't see people walking around at like 250 ripped with a big beard you know that was just not like he was a freak show you know yeah and uh he did submission wrestling which at the time i'd never heard of either i was like submission wrestling like what's that you know um and uh he taught the boxing club (laughs) so we used to meet and the campus was on a stair were there any women in the club no, it was a, just a bunch of guys. There's probably you, 10 or 15 of us. Did you sign up with a friend or sign up solo? I signed up solo. Um, and then I made some friends out of that. Uh, me and this guy, Lucas, actually, we used to uh, <laughs> we used to try to... We, we were the only guys in the same weight class because we were both super tiny. I was always a skinny kid. And uh, at the end of practice, we would try to keep track of you know shots that we got on each other when we'd spar. And then we'd go home and imbibe based on that number of connected hits so, <laughs> uh, but anyway uh, what I thought was really cool is that the campus was on um, a mountain basically and it was like 500 steps from the bottom of the campus to the top and that's the first thing we do every day in boxing club Run was like we get there yep wrap up and he's like all right to the top and back and most of the time it was you know you get back down he's like okay top and back again every stair this time you can't skip one you know and we do that a couple times and then Jeez. start nice and working warm, hands ready to and, go yeah so did you ever get knocked out? No. Did you ever knock anyone out? No. Did you ever punch anyone and feel bad? No. Did you ever get punched and get angry? Mm, maybe. That's probably realistic, but I don't remember a specific <laughs> instance. So it was, it was a chill experience. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty mellow. Lots yeah. of technique. Uh, lots yeah, of lot- bag work, lots of shadow boxing, lots of... Yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty mellow. And like it was, I mean, all told, it was like a year and a half I did it, you know. So it wasn't enough time to really... Did you ever get, spar with that big old dude? No. I wanted none of that. He's terrifying. <laughs> Did anyone spar with him? I mean, yeah, in the sense that they get in and move around a little bit, but like nobody ever he really. Could, he beat, up Tony, yeah, could yeah. he beat up Tony Blower? I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. All right. If we can find him, we'll set it up. Test. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so, so you're done there. You're done with college. You're done with your boxing stint. Yeah, and well, and, and in during that too, like I would... I was kind of weird in college. Like I would get up. You're still kind of weird. Yeah. I, I would get up at six in the morning and run to the college. We lived like maybe a mile from college. I'd get up and run to the gym in the morning, get there right when it opened, work out, have a place to myself, come home, cook breakfast, go to school all day, and then, you know, box in the evenings or whatever. And I was doing that five, six days so a you'd, week. You'd run to the gym, work out, run yeah. home. Go to class all day. Shower up, have breakfast. Yep. Get on your bike. Bike no, no, back. just walk back to the, walk back at that back point, back. it's just walking. So you didn't have a girlfriend in college? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. All right. 
Uh, so go on. So you, so you leave college. Uh, so I left college. Um, 2003, decided to move to San Francisco uh, just on a whim. Just because that's where people with blue hair go. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I needed something else to do. I wasn't happy studying what I was studying anymore. And uh, wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life. So decided. Did you have any friends in the city? Cool. Not really. You know, like when we lived in Sunnyvale uh, when I was younger, we had some family friends that they let me stay there for a few days when I came down initially uh, until I found a place in San Francisco. But I didn't really know anybody. Um, actually met my first roommate on Craigslist. Um, and he was coming in from, I think, Texas at the time. Uh, there was Craigslist in 2003? Man. It's been around forever. Okay. Yeah. Craigslist Joe. Have you seen that movie? Mm, I don't think so. I think that's what it's called. It's a great documentary. Yeah. A guy basically lives off of Craigslist, Craigslist for a year. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, sorry. Go on. So you move to the city, 2003. Yep. You find Didn't... a roommate on Craigslist. You got a pocket full of cash. You have no <laughs> job. Oh, my God. I. Uh, that's actually a funny story. So I. No I, girlfriend, no dog. Yep. I worked all summer mm -hmm. as a, a civilian cleaner on an Air Force base in um, Comox. Canada has an Air Force? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Um, anyway, and so like I would... It's like the mechanics for the U.S. Air Force. We, Actually, they don't have anything that flies. We, I would get there and we would, it was like cleaning toilets and mopping floors and, you know, making sure barracks were in order. And I mean, it was nothing fancy, but decent pay. Uh, at least I thought so at the time. And Special card to get on base, get off the whole. Yeah. Pretty lax over no, there. Man, it, was so, it was so low key. Um, anyway, uh, so I had a little bit of money saved up and I thought it was going to be enough to not have to work for like a few months. I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, I, I let you use my computer and we still don't have a screen up. The dongle does work. There's too many dongles. Oh, the dongle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I hate it when my dongle's not working. Uh, Those dongles aren't compatible. They don't have a pill for that? I'm talking to Eric here. He's our engineer. So let me ask you this. What, if, if you're not doing that, what are you doing? Could you go take a piss and this thing just go on autopilot? We could. If you want to switch, I could let you take over. So you're still doing the switcher? Yeah. Okay, so you're choosing angles. Yeah. So your job's just gotten so easy. Uh-huh. That's good. I'm glad he can't dig up the dirt on me. That's, oh, uh, man. None of this can be fact-checked. I could just be talking okay. crazy. <laughs> so yeah. you're working at the Air Force Base, trying to save some money, cleaning yep. toilets. Yep. You're doing the night, the night shift, middle of the night? No, it was early morning to mid-afternoon. Um, and then... I was also at the around the same time. There's a little bit of overlap. And I can't, I can't quite exactly remember how. I also had a job as a bartender for a little bit. Anyway, but I all saved before, up all before you were moving to the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds so, like you could have done those two jobs at the same time. I, I the like bartender I said, I, I don't remember and the, the Air Force the base overlap because one of them was back. The um, those are complimentary, actually. The, well, the janitor gig was in like where I, my hometown. And then the bartending gig was in the town 90 minutes south where I went to school. So okay. I don't remember exactly where, like the, the dates and anyway. But you know, after after you leave here today, I'm going to have Andrea Cecil in from yeah. the, uh, she's the head writer for the CrossFit yeah, Journal. Yeah. And I was telling Leaf, the publisher for CrossFit, hey, I'm going to have uh, Adrian and Andrea both on the show at the same, at the same time, basically. And he yeah. said, you know, that doesn't seem right. They seem like from two different worlds. Oh really? And like it didn't seem like a compatible guest. I'm like, dude, that's perfect, isn't it? 
I said taking a shit and washing your hands are in two different worlds too, but they're perfectly compatible. Like they work excellent uh, together. You know I, what I mean? Not, it's like yeah, I don't, I don't know that that analogy works, but I, I understand where you're going. <laughs> it, it works great. Um, okay, so so janitor, bartender, saved um, us, saving the, money. The whole point is I was trying to save us money because I knew I was coming down to San Francisco. I right. knew at that point my plan was like it was very finite. I was like in and out less than a year. You know, just go down have an experience. Figure out what were I want to do with my at life. Home? Is that how you were saving money? Uh, yeah, I was at home, and then um, one of my friends from college, uh, one of his friends, had a house in Nanaimo, and I had a room there too. But it was, I think, it was really cost effective. We'll say. Uh, anyway, moved to San Francisco. You're fru- had you're some frugal. You're frugal as in general. You're a pretty frugal person. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad fair. word, right? Frugal. No, I don't. I mean, some people. Might take it I mean, way, like, I, I didn't say you're cheap. I said you're frugal. I, I would say I'm cheap. <laughs> but you're, frugal. you're frugal. I mean, like, you know, like. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so I had a, a chunk of money, and I thought it would be enough to not have to work for a little bit, but the exchange rate took quite a chunk. I think it was 75 cents on the dollar at that point. So right away, I was like, ooh, you're out of money. Didn't quick. consider that. And then San Francisco rent plus deposit plus moving expense whatever i was like oh within two weeks i had to have an under the table job so Uh, oh because you didn't have a work visa yeah i mean well i had a i was in a weird gray area because i had a social security number from when we lived there when i was a kid okay but i didn't have a green card because i wasn't expecting to stay Uh, and you're not usually like you usually don't get one without the other and so when i went into the immigration services to make it right because i was like well i think i'm going to be here longer than i expected i need to go through the proper channels they didn't know what to do with me. they were were tripping on you yeah they were like well how do you have this but not that who was the president then uh it would have been w of the second one first one second one there's only one w there is yeah right yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 sorry they're all they're okay you're right Two Bush, one W. Right. Oh, three. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you should have given him a call. He'd have hooked you up. Probably. He was yeah. good with the connection. At the time, I was really important, very influential, you know, doing lots of great things. <laughs> Clearly a go-getter, you know, so I would have kept me. So do you immediately move to the, to Hate Street? No, we lived uh, in the outer Richmond. Um, I think it was... 22nd and Cabrillo Street. And you joined a band? No. Okay. You joined the circus? Sort of. Okay. I was training at uh, the San Francisco School of Circus Arts. I know little parts of your life, so I'm yeah. trying like to kind yeah, of piece it together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you get there, and you're there a month or two. Your money's running low. You get an under-the-table job. What's that job? I was selling newspaper subscriptions for the San Francisco Chronicle. The Chronicle allows awesome. illegal. Wow, illegal. <laughs> what did awesome. that? What did that look like? What was your day? It was terrible. I, I this dude Carlos, who, oh God, I I really wish this was more. Um, was Carlos legal? I would imagine he was like. These are some great jobs, by the way. Carlos was like mid fifties, super slick, like picture like um, Julio Iglesias. Like that's how I picture Carlos. Did he hit on you? No, no. He was he was a very heterosexual. Uh, Just cleaning up in the city as a heterosexual. I don't know. I didn't get into it with Carlos, but okay. anyway, he he uh, would take me with a little pop up stand, and like he took me down to like Daly City or. You know other various locations in the Bay Area. Oh, so just you just post it up and just up. talk to people. Yep, wow. with a stack of newspapers. I give out free samples and then try to sign, sign people up. 
And then he'd come pick me up. He'd be like, all right, I'll be back at three o'clock. What know? was your technique? Were wow. you one of those cool people? Because you know how like some of those Greenpeace no, people or something, it. they'd be like, they're like, can I talk to you today? And you're like, no, I'm busy. And then as you walk away, they're like, you don't look like you're busy. And I, you're just like, what the fuck? I didn't last very long. As guys, I was terrible at it. Like, he, and he just kept, you were too I'm not nice. a salesman. You were you too know? nice. I just didn't care. Okay. You know, like I, I'm not a good salesman. I never have been. I probably never will be. And he's just like, it's a numbers game. You just got to talk to a lot of people. It's a numbers game. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to, I'm not the guy, you know, like I'm not going to flag down everybody. It's hard to passionately uh, it was get, brutal. get behind it. Yeah, it was no good. <laughs> Man. I don't think I made any where, money. Where, like where was, are you getting your swole on at this point? And what's your, what's your workout look like? Um, so. And have you had, have you felt any itch to judge at this point? Oh, I'm always judging. All right. Good. I mean, good. Right. That just, that's just born. So you're born. You know? Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, where are you working out? There is a little spot in the sunset district called golden gate fitness, which is a little mom and pop shop. I believe it's still there. It's on ninth and Irving street. Have you shown me that place? Maybe it's between Lincoln and Irving on ninth. It's got like the painting on the window of like the buff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's still there. Um, and it was super cool and you know, reasonable rate. I could afford it. So it had to be pretty reasonable. Uh, and then I train at the circus school a lot. Did you have to pay for that? Uh, yeah. Well, you had to pay for like the the particular classes you were taking. And then they kind of like an open door policy where if you were taking classes there with other instructors, you could come in and off hours. And it was a huge You facility, didn't trade so. janitorial services no, for? Okay. did not. So what did they teach you at circus school? Oh, man. Um, and are, is it just super easy for you since you're a gymnast? Like, no, not at all. I was yeah. I wasn't very good at it actually, and it was it was way more like self directed than I had thought. In my mind, it was something that had like a definite curriculum and a really laid out path, and it was not that. It was really open ended, and you kind of had to figure out your own way, which I didn't it do. Sounds very, very well. liberal arts. Yeah. Um, what, what what got you interested in it? Like what? Gymnastics, just doing do yeah. gymnastics. And, uh, and his blue hair. Well, and at the time, like he sort of pictured himself at Ring Ring. Was it um, the place that co- closed? Um, Barnum and Bailey. No, no, no. Uh, I was way oh. more upscale than that. Oh. At, the, at the time, uh, Cirque du Soleil was like really starting to uh. make a name for itself. Like it wasn't like it is today, where it's everywhere and everybody knows about it. But they had started to get to the point where they had some shows that Canadian in its origins, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Actually, a couple of street performers that got a grant from the Canadian government. So, wow. Anyway, um, so you that that was sort of a okay. I have aspirations to be Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was again. It was like this is at least inspired. This was, this was mostly like I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I need to do something else for a little bit. So there's no hard plans, you know? right? Um, but something physical. You're already you you know. Yeah. You've been doing it sure. all all the physical stuff. Yep. Yeah. Y- your whole life. Yeah, I've been pretty active my whole life. So then you're in the city, you you meet your wife yep. at the circus school. At the circus school, yep. You both just um, honker down basically in San Francisco. Yep. Like you guys are committed to the city. Yep. And somewhere in there, CrossFit somehow pops on the scene. Yeah, and I think actually the origins were at the circus school. Um, Don't let Eric's... Messing around with the dongles distract you. The dongles are very distracting. Very. Eric, I really Is that, is that low-hanging fruit to talk about a dongle? Is that, <laughs> is that... I really appreciate you continuing to try to uh, 
fix that. Even if even if there's no chance and you're just faking it, I'll, <laughs> later on when you leave the room, I won't <laughs> talk as much shit it. about you. So just keep like moving around over there and doing shit. You know how you know Eric doesn't have a girlfriend? Dongle. The beard. What are you talking about? Yeah, that, that should, no woman would tolerate that. That's you're crazy. I mean, you have facial hair. You're still married. I do. I do. My my wife hates it when I shave. Your wife's really into manly so, shit. You know. Here's what happens. There's women who like beards, right? And 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 those women will also tolerate no beards. But then there's a huge chunk of women who just won't tolerate beards. Mm. Well, I, I don't I don't know anything about that. Oh shit. <laughs> That was more major than a dongle, yeah. it seems like. <laughs> okay, we're Eric, Eric, Eric just moved his microphone to say his fifth and sixth word ever on the podcast. And, uh, half well, the beard toppled like, over. As you, you, as you let your beard grow, it's like the more attraction you get from men, but it's like that's not what we're going after. It's like, right. Like, that's actually like, true. Actually. It's like when I got a great Dane. It's like when you get a cool dog. You think no, no women come to you. It's just dudes, mm. dude magnets. So there's like that meter you gotta push and pull back. So it's like to a point you gotta crimp the beard to avoid those men. Mm. You've really tightened yours up in the last couple of days. Yeah. Groomed it. It's a lot of thinking. But hey, I mean, what do I know? I've been married forever, so I don't know. I don't know nothing about no dating scene, you know? Is is the podcast still actually working? I mean, that's a pile of boxes that's fallen here. Let me see if I can help. Oh, uh, oh, that man. one looks important. It has a screen, a monitor on it. Guys, this is only uh, Adrian. You're our. Uh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You're a tenth guest. Oh, yes, I made the top ten. This is our tenth show. Sweet. The studio is still coming together. The, yeah, and the plan is is to upgrade after twenty shows and then fifty shows. We kind of have a Check plan. Check this out. The yeah. mic is actually holding. That stack of well, hey, let me let me put it this way: this is the most uh, technologically advanced podcast I've ever been on. So I really uh, like it how your dog is quieted down too. By the way, yeah, I do He's, too. Both of them. He's chilling. Uh, okay, so 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 CrossFit. Where where does CrossFit? You know, your your life. Your, okay, are, so, you, are you at Hate Street now? No. Uh, yes. For anyone who doesn't know, I mean, if you don't know what we're about Hate Street, it's a world famous spot on the planet was well, where all the hippies came in the in the 60s and it's really cool if you're ever on the west coast and you don't visit there then come back and visit it's a great great spot Park, yeah food shopping cool people watching great coffee definitely I mean, good it's got people everything watching. yeah it's, and that's where you and you and kim were living there yep so i think it was 2004 we moved to hate street four or five i can't remember anyway um and you guys had a love hate which i i probably everyone who lives there does right Oh yeah, I mean, it, like it was great, but at the same time, you're like, well, it's a lot of human feces in the park, and you know, like, like, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. There's some really great things about living in the city, and there's some really. <laughs> he, not he's great trying things. to sell people to come visit this place the following. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of human feces hey, in the park. You gotta know, man. I mean, I I would have crackheads. It's a must see. Steal the spark plugs off of my motorcycle. Really? Yep. To All turn into crack pipes? Yeah, they would break off the uh, ceramic from the from the pin. They use that as a pipe, and uh, it happened pretty don't regularly. Don't act like you don't know, Tyson. I don't know. Yeah, no, like you, if you left your bike on the street, you know, it was fairly regular. You come down, it just wouldn't start because your plugs were knocked off. I would love to do a Google search if this thing was working. I'd love to see what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, I knew a guy who Good it job, actually Eric. it got to the point Eric's where it was so bad it. that. Uh, he stopped using ceramic plugs. No, he would buy extras and just tape them to his tank. Oh, and so, oh, so they just, just like, hey, take... just take these ones. Don't 
fuck me over. Just take the, they're $2, you know, it's not like an expensive. Oh, that's awesome. But if you don't have any and they're gone, right. Your bike's not going anywhere. So I like that. He uh, just leaving crack pipes out. So your shit doesn't get, I mean, the alternative was you might not be able to go where you want to go. So, so, anyway. so you, you move to the city, you fall in love, yep. you're dabbling in a lot of cool shit. Life yep. is good. Life you're enjoying good. life. Very much. And, um, do you, and do you see your family back home any, very much or? Um, well, like. Are you a family guy? Are you a big family guy? I not, You know, I'm bad at keeping in touch with people. I love my family and they're great, but I'm just not very good at staying in touch. Um, so I don't know. I don't, is that a good enough answer? That's good uh, enough. Well, let's move on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so CrossFit. So, so, so life's going perfect and then this CrossFit thing. How, how does that cross your path? Okay, so I'm at the circus center training. I was still like really big on weight training and, uh, you know, like traditional workouts and stuff like that. And a lot of the people at circus school were like, well, how is it that you are stronger and have better endurance than us? And I'm like, well, it's because I lift weights. And they couldn't wrap their head around that. They're like, yeah, but you have to stay flexible. And I'm like, well, I'm just as flexible as you. You know, like what's, there's no problem here. So I kind of got put in charge of a group of people just loosely. They would, come to me and we would work out and I was always the one that this would, isn't a paid gig no not at all it was just like helping some friends out and uh, I would always be in charge of the workout and I just put them through a little routine or whatever and eventually one of the people that would work out with us she's like you're really good at instructing this you should be a personal trainer and you know I was broke I didn't really have a steady stream of income I was like hmm, that's not a bad idea um, what were you doing you weren't selling newspapers anymore. Well, the newspaper gig gave way to a stock boy at Trader Joe's. Okay. I managed to do that That's for a cool. little while. Mm -hmm. That's cool. It was actually a really cool job. It was great. Did you ever cut stuff open on purpose just to eat it? Yeah, I wouldn't say on purpose, <laughs> but there were some accidents that, you know, it's late. So what was it? I used tired. to work at a place in high school. What was it? It was called something when something got cut open. Uh, Fuck, what was that called? I can't remember. I worked at a place called Drug Barn. Or, Anyway, there'd be, you know, beef jerky rolls in. You're, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you you're what we starving did, you know. for lunch and all of a sudden bag gets cut was, open, some jerky oops, falls out. You're there was like, a covered right. parking lot and, you know, there's a finite amount of work and we'd work once everything shut down. We just like unload trucks and stock shelves and whatever. And once you're done, it's like, well, there's kind of not much left to do. And so we had like this underlying agreement where we would just haul ass to get everything done and then have a couple hours in the middle of the night where there's not much going on. And we would take the pallet wrap and wrap it between two posts in the underground parking lot and create a volleyball net. And we would play volleyball for hours. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is uh, awesome. And would you use a cantaloupe for that or someone would bring in a volleyball? Somebody bring a ball. I mean, it just kind of appeared, you know. Um, that's cool. Dude, I remember we had, I don't know how many injuries, like in a two-month period, there was like five guys out on injury. because. <laughs> And then the From volleyball would, injuries? Yeah, because they'd be out there playing volleyball at 2 in the morning. Which Trader ankle. Joe's was just it? chopping uh, it up for stocking it was, shelves. It was the one um, in South of Market in San Francisco. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Trader Joe's attracts cool. like a certain kind of employee. It's a cool place. I it was like a great it. job. I don't go there very often, but I like the place. No, it was it was awesome for what it was. Um, anyway, so yeah. They, got, need, they need Google to buy them or something, just like to just right. throw their nose <laughs> up at Whole Foods now. Well... Okay, so my friend says I should personal train. I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. I study for my um, exam. I take a bus down to L.A. because it's the only place I can sit for my personal training 
ticket at the time. Which I mean, if you've ever taken a greyhound from, well, anywhere, <laughs> I did take. I took one from uh, San Francisco to Santa Barbara once. The red eye. Yeah, I was the go. only person on the bus. I was really? not the only person. But, yeah, uh, and there's a great story there. But I'll tell you guys off the air. It's, it's but not, dude, it, yeah, it's it, not appropriate. It was San Francisco to L.A. and it took 13 hours. That's wow. a five-hour drive. I mean, it was wow. ridiculous. But anyway. Sat for my exam, passed my exam, got a job at Valley Total Fitness. Um, you got on the Greyhound in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah, that and that that Greyhound that station time? is cr- was crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, that one was crazy. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, so you go to LA, you sit for your test. Yep, sit for the test. Um, pass the test, come home, get job at Valley uh, Total Fitness. And... Um, uh, Bally with a B. Yep. I think I remember, I remember those places. Yeah. Yep. Are they yeah. still around? I haven't seen them. And so what do you do years. there? So you, so you just take a written test? That's what the test was? And mm-hmm. then you're you're capable of... Did, Eric, did you give up? Okay. Um, so you t- you take this... It's just a written test. Yeah. Yeah. And did, when, when do you find out if you passed or not? I can't remember if it was on site or if I had to wait in the mail. I, I don't remember. It's been so long. Was the test hard? No. It was wasn't. it stupid? Uh... I don't know about stupid, but I definitely overstudied. <clears throat> like I was, I had a study schedule. It was like every night, you know, really disciplined. And then I got to the test and I was like. In hindsight, what was really? it? What was it? Was it just like basically, hey, where's the fibula? Where's the tibia? What do you do if someone's thirsty? It wasn't even that. You know, honestly, it was more of trying to. Hmm, how do I put this? I was trying to give the answers that I knew they were looking for. Because I, even at the time, I was like, this is so mediocre that the way I would train this person, because they give you these case scenarios or case studies, you know, and uh, be like, Frank is a 57-year-old banker and blah, blah, blah. And you'd have to come up with something for Frank to do. And the, the guidelines were so ridiculous. It's like, you know, heart rate can't go above his, you know, 80% of his uh, perceived maximum heart rate. Maximum exertion. Yeah. And it's, it's just ridiculous who who who, uh who is the test through don't say say it it? no i'm not gonna say it don't say it i I don't want to tarnish your reputation i can't believe you had to go all the way to la to take this thing that's crazy. yeah it was the only the only offering at the time what's really really cool so those you don't know adrian's uh considered by many to be the best trainer that crossfit has i think i think only by you okay by you're the only one that says that yeah but but thank you but i but i'm not the only one that says that is that true oh no for sure for yeah. sure. And, 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 you know, it's like, it's like when I went to college, I, you know, there were, there were 10 guys who were the most handsome guys in the college and there were a hundred girls who were the most beautiful girls in the college. So when I say you're the best <laughs> trainer in CrossFit, there might be another one, but, but you're, you are the best trainer in CrossFit. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that anymore, but, but, but thanks. <clears throat> and, um, he traveled the world, several continents, mm-hmm. uh, for several hundred weekends Yeah, over several years, um, spreading a decade, a decade, 10 years. Spreading the 400 um, gigs, 500 gigs, something the the health gospel that is CrossFit that was created by Greg Glassman, and then he eventually became a flow master. Mm-hmm. How many flow masters were there when you became a flow master? Not that many, and I kind of got thrown into it as you did at the time. Um, I actually remember it distinctly. It was uh, in 2008 in June at uh, wow, you've been a flow master since 2008. Yep, at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. We did a gig there. What state? Georgia. Okay. Um, little town called Brunswick. 
And uh, at the time I had blue hair, you know, not a lot of experience with anybody from military or law enforcement. Uh, my only exposure really to any of that world was cleaning toilets on an Air Force base. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, through CrossFit, you know, I'd met people that had been, had served or were active duty, things like that. But I didn't really have any insight into that kind of culture. Uh, anyway, so kind of weird that I was there. And um, they were judging you big time. <clears throat> Probably. That's, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Did coach, you have a mohawk? Uh, no, no. But, but you, did have some, you did have some funky hair, like a mullet. Oh, you were in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Coach was there and Nicole was there. And you'd already uh, established some internet fame at this point. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, you... Because I know I remember seeing you pop up on the internet in videos, and you were doing all sorts of one-legged stuff. There's kind of your, yeah. your infamous one-legged squat. I mean, I've been video. I've been working at San Francisco CrossFit for a few years at that point. Um, Had you and I met? I think so. Okay. I think we met in oh um, seven. Yeah, in Scotts Valley at uh, one of the ones that they did at um, okay. Uh, North Central. Yeah, or, 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 uh, CrossFit North. I think North. they were calling it at the time. Yeah. Okay. Santa Cruz North or Santa whatever Cruz it was. North, yeah. yeah. So you're at the base. Um, yeah, so I'm at the training center. It's day two. Uh, coach gets up, does the Q&A. He used to do these really cool Q&As. Sometimes they'd be five minutes. Sometimes they'd be two hours. You know, it's a little more loose back then. And um, the Q&A comes and goes. And... Uh, Coach and Nicole come over to me. We're having a little break. Everybody's just kind of milling around, and they're like, "So, we're gonna go." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, we're, we're gonna go? You got this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, totally. I totally got this." And, oh, and they left, awesome. and uh, I ran the rest of the afternoon. And I guess they didn't crash it in the, into the mountain. And uh, they just kept. Who, who else was me working? Um, <clears throat> Chuck, Chuck Carswell was interning. You guys. Tyson Tyson used to be on the L1 staff too, so this could go into some reminiscing shit. If it gets boring, I'll put a halt to this yeah. bullshit. All right, go <laughs> on. Go on. One more time. Go ahead. Uh, Chuck Carswell was interning. Man, it was a small gig. I honestly don't remember who else was there on staff. He just remembers he shit his pants. That yeah, exactly. A, I was like, awesome. okay. And it was a midweek gig. And then we were doing another one almost immediately after in Jacksonville, Florida. Had you started judging for the CrossFit Games at that point? The second That was the second year the Games happened. I think it was right before the Games. I think it was like a month or two before. And you, so did, no. and you did come out to the 2008 Games yeah. as an athlete or judge? judge? Judge. Well, I mean, just to help out. At the time, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. But I got, I got shuffled into the judging. Um, Dave wanted me to run the... Um, Oh, that's right. There were head judges for each event. Yeah. So I was running the burpee and deadlift event. Right. And then I, you have to ask Dave about how the transition happened. But at, by the end of it, he was calling me his head judge. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. That was a fun That was a fun year. I, ju I judged that year as well. Yeah. That was, was fun. Gritty. So so let's jump back. So you, 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 take that, you take the Greyhound down to LA. You take the test. You come back. You're fucking a, a, a made man. And totally. you, start, you start doing training sessions with people at, at local Bally's. At Bally's. Yeah. And around the same time, um, Kim had gone out of town. To, Your wife. Yeah. My wife, Kim, had gone out of town uh, to deal with some family stuff um, back in Minnesota. And so I had some time on my hands, you know, just hanging out at home. And I came across uh, the What is CrossFit? All right, sorry, the What is Fitness article that 
coach wrote, you know, years and years ago. And I read it and I, it just was the first fitness a totally different kind of surfing that I do on the internet when I'm home alone <laughs> than what Adrian does. It's uh, You're buying home. things for your toddlers, right? Right, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, I'm home alone and I'm surfing the internet and I come across what is fitness. I think, well, we already established no girlfriend in college. Right, so, you right. know, that's where we're coming from. But right, anyway, right. Um, I read the article and it was one of the first things that I had read on a fitness website that I was like, wow, I agree with all of this. You know, like there are other fitness websites like I was kind of a junkie for what was available at the time which wasn't a lot but you know a lot of message boards not not a lot but a few message boards some some uh, fitness sites and they'd always have people writing in or whatever and I would like certain things about certain articles but there was always the yeah but that sucks you know Mm -hmm. and I read the what is fitness article and I was like wow I I that is that's it you know, and then it was the same story as anybody else. I started dabbling with the stuff on my own. I got crushed. Just I on I was like, like you'd look online and you'd go to the gym and try to recreate yeah, some of that. Yeah, or I do yeah. actually in, in Golden Gate Park. Okay. Is where I first started doing a lot of that. So, well, I, how you drive your weights down there? Just walk them. I was a okay. block away. Okay. So, so, so timestamp this. This was 2004. Four. Okay. Wow. So, so that actually. There weren't any videos at that time. So, you, it's, I don't know if there were videos, no. but. If you stumbled, were, you stumbled into definitely that. photos. Like I remember photos. vividly some of the early photos. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. You'd know better than me about the videos. But yeah, you stumbled into that article then, probably when it when it published. I don't know about that, but yeah, it was like I think that I think that published in '04. Because I have journal like my own workout logs. Actually, Kim just found one and gave it to me the other day, and I've got like workout logs from 2004, like doing. Helen in the park with push-ups, you know, that's cool. And put that shit on eBay, sign that, put that on eBay. <laughs> uh, it's nothing that's not worth the paper. It's Eric, on, will help you. <laughs> Eric will make some money. I promise. When, so you're, so you're just basically learning off the internet, learning off the mm-hmm. internet. And then what, what, what brings you to an affiliate or an L1? What's the next step? Um, I'm okay to lean on that. Yeah, that totally. Cool? doesn't work. Eric can't get it to work. <laughs> uh, I, this or, is, is you'll love this. So, um, and my my wife still makes fun of me for this. So I met a guy online. And <laughs> <laughs> was your wife out, out of town? Yes, totally. It was late night, you know, San Francisco. No, um, my friend Sean, who I've lost touch with over the years. So Sean, if you're out there, you're the man. Um, you want to give your phone number? Yeah, totally. Let's put it up right there. Uh, How about that, Rory? How about that? Rory was uh, hitting him up today in the uh, in the lounge about that too. Talking he was. To yeah, Lori. Rory. Lori. I should call him Lori. Rory is very sensitive. He's a big star, man. I wouldn't want just if in I was... general or about the about the phone thing. No, no, just in general. Oh. I was watching that episode where he was on, and I actually got up and hugged him. I shouldn't have done that. That was unnecessary. That was it gratuitous. Blow up his ego too much. Hugging. No, no, not his ego, but it was just like too much. It was just. It, it, was, it was. It's like real emotions. Yeah, it was like too yeah. real. Yeah, I was like, come on. We don't need to hug it out on camera. <laughs> okay, okay. So you meet a guy online. Uh, I meet a guy online. I was at uh, the old CrossFit message board, which was pretty small at the time. There wasn't a lot of users, and there was like this. Uh, there was a section for basically CrossFitters looking for CrossFitters. Because I mean, back then, yeah. if you found somebody in the same city doing this stuff as you, it was like you had to link up. Oh man, yeah. it was a unicorn, you know. So. Right. 
he had this uh, post on the message board that was like, hey, I'm in San Francisco. I'm doing this stuff uh, on my own. Anybody want to get together and work out? And I was like, fuck yeah. So sent him a message. We, we linked up, became really good friends. And we went on to do our level one together. So you, ex- you exchange numbers with this guy. You meet him. You do a workout at the park together. You do a second workout at the park together. You do workouts at the gym together. Next thing you know, you guys are just doing shit together. No gym. It was just park All workouts. park workouts. Yeah. Okay. And why didn't you go to just some local gym and do some shit too? Like do a... Um, I mean, you worked at Bally's. Do Fran there. Yeah. Why didn't you do some stuff there? Well, I mean, I, I did. That's what I mean. Like I was... Yeah, Tyson's yeah. absolutely correct. I was working at Bally Total Fitness and that was in South San Francisco. So it was, you know, 15 minutes down the road. So when I was home and working out there, I didn't have a gym at the time that I was a member of. Um, and there was no, like no facility existed to do this stuff. Did you? So, so I had a little part. bit, like I had some kettlebells and I think Sean had a pair of rings. Hang them from a tree? Yeah, we would just meet up and basketball courts what we could did you ever use the basketball courts i don't think so just trees yeah mostly park you know there is a spot in golden gate park where there are some steel rings hanging with chains i've come across it before it's big big park pre-crossfit cool i want to say it's in the south corner anyway so you work out with him and then you guys Mm -hmm. are like hey let's take this to the next level they have something called an l1 yeah yeah and uh, it was in 2000 February of 2006, um, Sean was signed up. He had like a real job and, you know, like had income (laughs) and I was personal training and had less income and, uh, he was already signed up and and like making it happen. And I was like, Oh, I don't know, man. Where was it happening at Santa Cruz? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, it was the last one. No, that's not true. It, It was the, do you remember the big one where they rented out like a boat? warehouse no and they hung pull up they hung uh pull-up bars off of like webbing no unanchored no that's where you did your l1 yeah and it was big there was a lot of people there it was was back when it was still three days okay um anyway sean's like yeah we should go and i'm like ah i don't know if i can get the money together you know um and kim my wife was like no you need to do this like it doesn't matter we'll figure it out you have a like, very supportive wife. I do, and it's awesome. Um, yeah, really thankful for that. So anyway, she pushed me to go. I was convinced that we didn't have the money. Went, we shared a hotel room, we rented a car. Um, that was actually the joke too. We, we The only car that Sean could get was a PT Cruiser, mm-hmm. which are uh, aesthetically very pleasing. <laughs> Everybody loves them. I love them. And... <laughs> Eric, pull one up on the screen. Eric, pull one up on the screen. And uh, that was like, Kim was just giving us a hard time. Oh, God, from the moment we left to the moment we got back, she's like, oh, you guys are that nice couple that drove down from San Francisco in the PT Cruiser. (laughs) Where are you guys staying? Oh, you know, the uh, Seaside Motel together. So three-day course. Who teaches the course? Oh, man, everybody was there. Um, Did Greg do all the lectures? Greg Glassman was there, yep. He did majority of them. I think... Um, Annie and Nicole did some of the movement stuff. Mm-hmm. Annie was there. Nicole was there. Eva was there. <clears throat> um, a lot of the uh, like peripheral people at the time was there. Was Hollis there? I don't think so. Um, but I mean, like, um, thanks for those of you at home. Eric just showed me PT Cruiser, beautiful car. Right? Yeah. Don't you want one? <laughs> you should get that one. You probably get them cheap now. <laughs> okay, go on. Thank you. Eric. 
um, like John Hackleman was there. Oh, that's uh, right. Cool. Berg was there. Jeff Martone was there. That was the first time he had been involved. You know, so a lot of like peripheral people like that. Right. Um, and I it was, remember that seminars used to be like that. It was awesome. And there would be like 30 um, people in, in shirts like yeah, assisting, right? Totally. Yeah. And, and what I thought was really cool was like we would talk a little bit. Greg would get up and talk and, you know, we'd all take notes or whatever. And then we just do something. It's like, okay, uh, put your notes away. We're going to do whatever. And we worked out like three times a day. When we weren't working out, we were listening to a lecture that was always relatively brief. And then it was right into like an afternoon doing PVC snatches with Berg or right. practicing yeah, cool. kettlebells with Martone or, you know what I mean? Like it right. was full on. I was so wrecked when I got home. Level one slash all the SME oh. courses. I mean, it was awesome. And I, I was cool. just, I got home, I got back to the city. My wife was like, how was it? It's like awesome i'm going to sleep for like three days you know <laughs> it was great and with sean was your buddy wreck too oh yeah i mean it was just destruction okay so that's awesome find it on the website when your wife's out of town yep go to message board befriend fellow crossfitter work out in the park take l1 yep. come home sleep yep that's where we're at now what's the next step with crossfit how do you right, get more intimate with the program? Right after I took my level one, um, Sean, I got a call. That's weird. Just now? Yeah. Nobody calls me. Oh. Uh, Sean. Do you know that Dave told me? I said, I said, hey, Dave. Uh, I, sent I, Dave I sent Dave and Nicole a text. Hey, I'm going to have Adrian on the show. For those of you who don't know, Adrian's direct report are Dave and Nicole. And I said, I'm going to have Adrian on the show. Just, you know, it's the courteous thing to do that we do here at CrossFit. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You, you know, pulling and me in like that. Dave responds, yeah, it's totally cool. Just don't bring my name up. Ooh. And I said, don't bring your name up. Didn't so, we bring him up a few times? So I waited like 12 or 13 hours. That was last night, I think. And then this morning I called him. I said, hey, are you serious about not bringing your name up? And he said, well, yeah, you know, just don't bring up anything that would be sort of like contentious between us. And Me and, and Dave? Yeah. Oh. And... And, and that's what I mean. Maybe you're just oblivious to it, but like as one of my, and you and Dave are very, not, no, I think not, you and Dave are very close friends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, I'm just like Dave you and I are very but, close friends. But yeah, things can just escalate with you very quickly. I've had it happen. Oh, uh, well, I was going to say like Dave and I have certainly had arguments. And right. I mean, yeah, we certainly have not seen eye to eye. They're more than arguments things. or they're, 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 um, they're more intimate than arguments. I love that. I yeah. love that we're getting into this, even though Dave was like, don't, well, we're, don't we're do not this. getting any specific. I'm just telling you this, this is exactly what he was that, with you. True, is an intimate, arguing with you is sort of an intimate process. It gets very like, um, I think it's because I care. Like I'm fighting with my brother or my girlfriend. Yeah, or I don't my know, mom. man. It's I, like, whoa, this passion. is, this is getting like, it's not just like, ah, fuck you. It's not like arguing with the bro. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that Wait. is, but I've always been that way. And All I right. get, I get really involved in those <laughs> discussions, but I will say that like it, it's not, at least I don't think that I harbor any long-term well, feelings about it. You know what I mean? I will. There's something flattering about it. That's why I think like you're, you've, I mean, you have the position you do, you know, with Dave. Because I, mean, I argued my way into it. Is that <laughs> You're willing to challenge <laughs> well, this. Well, well, no, there's an intimacy to arguing with you. I mean, um, there's only one of you. There's only... There's only one flow master with your experience. There's only one head judge at the CrossFit oh, Games. There's only that, one person yeah. who has the, the relationship you have with Dave. You know what I mean? And so, I, I, it's just an observation. I, I don't yeah, know. How, no, I don't know great. how I jumped from. Uh, I, I was know, talking you, about where you. Were. I said I had a phone call, and then you brought up Dave. Oh right, right, yeah. right. Okay, right. 
Because I assume, and then you said no one calls you. So I'm like, oh, that Dave call. I know Dave, Dave calls him. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, not he's Dave. probably going to say, hey, did he bring you up? Did he bring right, me up right, this podcast? Right. It was, or, it was actually or, my brother. Okay. So. Oh, maybe his ears are burning. He was mentioned. Could be. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. So how did it escalate? What was your next uh, point of contact with CrossFit? You come home from your L1. Yep. So 2006, early 2006, just got home from the L1. Sean is like, hey, I heard rumblings that the sky is opening up a CrossFit gym in San Francisco. We should go check it out. There were no affiliates in the city mm -hmm. at the time. No, okay. nowhere. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'd love to do that. Um, but my schedule didn't coincide with the schedule at the time. This is Kelly. And he had started San Francisco CrossFit just, I think, in November of 2005. And it was a one-man show. He, I think he was there at like six in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then six in the evening, Tuesday, Thursday kind of thing. And he was at school full time beyond that. And uh, I couldn't make any of those times work because at personal training, that was like prime hours, you know, like that's when I was at work. So couldn't was, do it. He was making his loot and you were making your loot. Right. Well, and like totally separate, you know, I was right. uh, basically one town over. For people that are listening to this is Kelly Starrett. Yeah. 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 Uh, so CrossFit mobility guy yep. for a long time. Yep. Um, anyway, so finally find a Don't time. Don't let Megan distract you. It's already happened. I finally find a time to, uh, go down there and Sean and I get a workout in and we meet Kelly and I think Sean had already been there once or twice before. Um, did he have all this shit where you're like, Oh my God, there's rings hanging from something stable. Oh, there's oh, dude, a bar. It was no gritty. Oh. It was awesome. Cause it was just the way I liked it. It was it wasn't it wasn't an indoor facility it was an no. outdoor outdoor gym right correct yeah like, we, like venice beach but not venice beach no no not, it, was in the, it was in the back of a parking lot of a sporting goods store in the presidio of san francisco was, next to dumpsters it? and next mm -hmm. to dumpsters and shit yeah Con connex boxes right yeah it, well at the time it was singular one oh. connex box and then as we expanded we got two <laughs> so, so basically uh, imagine yeah. the back of a supermarket and where all the dumpsters are, or like and the a trucks pull up in a remote like part of town. Yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. hard to get to, you know. Um, yeah, it was kind of it was a destination road that he lived at the end of a road that had no outlet. Well, basically, right? If you just kept going down that way, you hit that museum, yeah. whatever. I mean, you could make your way up to the bridge, but it was like the scenic route for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I and that gym is no longer there. They moved uh, in, I think, 2011 or 12. They got a permanent facility um, still in the Presidio. They're only like half a mile from where they were. Okay. So yeah. Operated though out of the parking lot for Long years time. and years. Yep. I think yeah. six, six or seven years. So yeah. It's cool. Um, oh, my dogs are finally mellowing. So you're training there. You, you, you meet Kelly. Mm -hmm. How long before you're an instructor there? Uh, he and I exchanged a few emails and I was super fired up at the time. And so I blasted him off all these emails about like training ideas and like, oh, I think it'd be really cool to do this and that. And honestly, I think it was probably a bit much, you know, like I, I got the looking back, his responses were like, yeah, cool, bro. You're just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, I would go work out there when I could and we'd keep the conversation going on email from time to time. And then I got out of the blue a request from him. <clears throat> because uh, he was teaching uh, a camp. He runs a camp every summer for uh, kids with cancer. He teaches them how to kayak, and uh, it's something he's been doing forever. 
And uh, he had this big thing planned, and it was, I think it was like April or May, something like that in the spring. And he's like, look, I'm going to be gone for 10 days. I don't know anybody else that is even qualified to to run, these to run this stuff. Yeah. Would you consider? And was he the it? only coach at CrossFit San Francisco? At the oh, time? yeah. I mean, like I, like I said, it was five classes a week. Okay. You know, a week. Right. Um, and so he's like, what do you think? And I said, yeah, totally. And this is like 2006 now? Yeah. Okay. 2006, early 2006. Um, spring, spring of 2006. And were you just be, were you just giddy? I mean, I was, I was stoked because I was, at, you know, I'd been at Bally Total Fitness for two years at that point and I was over it, you know, like my first boss was so cool and actually Diane Fu, you guys probably know. No yeah. Kidding. Yeah. She hired me at Bally Total oh, Fitness no in 2004. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yep. so cool. Um, and yeah. she was great. She was so hands off as far as a, a manager. She's like, as long as you're making money, your, your clients are happy, you do whatever you want. I'm like, great. But then, you know, that structure, they always get shuffled around. And the other bosses I had were less receptive, we'll say. Because at this point, you're just inserting CrossFit in everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all people are doing, really. Right. You know, they're deadlifting and squatting. and Right. You know. They're not doing uh, the curl machine <laughs> anymore with you. No. Okay. Yeah, it's long gone. Um, that's cool. So I was already feeling the pressure to get out of that situation because I wasn't happy there. And the management was always giving me a hard time about training that I wanted to do. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> it's like it's like a baby story of Greg's story. I mean, it's yeah. just like yeah. Well, I think I, I think I think for a lot of people that got involved back then, I mean, I had the same experience. Yeah, and got you know kicked out of the gyms and yeah, I don't. You know, I don't like it doesn't happen anymore. I don't. Think, I don't think but, it's as unique a circumstance. I mean, I think that happened to a lot of people. Yeah. You know. Like if you learned about CrossFit <laughs> you and, you brought, it, of water and you brought it to your goals. I got this coffee from last week. Ugh. Here, I'll get No, nah, it's okay. It's hey, not that big of a deal. Normally, Eric has that working and he's got some refreshments for us and apple slices. I I, I think I think I just lost. You, I lost I'm just going to walk notice. out. I'm walking out of the interview. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> we'll talk under these conditions. 20 second short notice. Eric's had something bad happen this weekend or something hey, really hey. good happen. <laughs> Uh, now the dogs are going. So you teach these classes. Do people actually show up to them? How many people are in them? Are they receptive <coughs> to you? Is Kelly um, micromanaging you from afar? No, not at all. I don't hear from him at all because he's in like remote area kayaking. You know, okay. like there's no contact. Okay. Um, yeah, we talked about it leading up, but once it started rolling, it was like, hey, here's the keys. See you in a week and a half. <laughs> that is cool. Uh, and in... And when you say the keys, it's like to a gate. Well, yeah, and like a padlock on the Connex. Okay, Con- that's one of those big old shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you teach yeah. classes? Yeah, teaching classes. I thought it was pretty well received. I mean, did he I have know. the programming for you, or did you come up with that too? No, it was very off the cuff. Um, very off the cuff for a long time, actually. Uh, so that just continued. You taught your first ten classes, and he's like, "You know what, Adrian." Well, when he got back, yeah, I didn't, you know, blow it, I guess. And he was like, "Hey, I'm in school full time. You know, I've uh, I can't remember if he had just had his daughter or he's about to have his first his first daughter." He's like, "Look, I got no time. I want to expand this thing, but I can't do it on my own. What do you think?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, you know." So, uh, I tried to grab as many of the people that I was working with at 
Bally Total Fitness and try to convince them to come up with me. There was a little bit of time where I was trying to straddle both worlds and, you know, it just wasn't possible to do very long and eventually cut ties with, with that. And I was all in at San Francisco CrossFit. I think by the end of that year, I was there like five, six days a week, all day. And when did you guys make your first video, you and Kelly? I don't know. I'd have to check the. Did someone from HQ come film it or did you guys film it? We did a couple mm-hmm. where we had uh, back in the days of digital cameras because right. you couldn't do it on your cell phone. Right. You know? I think Kelly had a digital camera that he set up and we did some stuff. And I think he sent that into the main site and it got posted because at that time a lot of stuff was, you know, user submitted. Still is, but, you know. Um, Those videos were amazing. Yeah, they were great. And then, and then Tony came and filmed a bunch of stuff with us. Okay. Uh, around the same time, I think. At, at San Francisco CrossFit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, from there, how do you get in touch? How do you end up come, popping up on um, Dave and Nicole's radar to be to be on the... I don't know. Did they um, contact you? They solicited you? You contacted well, them? I, I guess that's not true that I don't know. Um, Kelly had pretty good rapport with everybody that, you know, he's he's very charismatic. He got around, he knew people, he knew Tony, uh, he knew Nicole, you know, new coach. Um, from time to time, I would go down to Santa Cruz and do a few classes. Like after my level one, I remember making the trip down here a couple of times. Like just walk in, do a walk yeah, in class. I just show up. Yeah. I remember Nicole taught one of the classes I did and I was just like blown away. And I was like, Annie's over there working out and Greg's there and he's, he's leaving for lunch or whatever. And Nicole's like, okay, I'm taking the class and just got thrown in the mix, you know, and yeah, I did that a couple of times. And I didn't think that they knew me from anybody. I mean, why would they, you know, it's just some guy, some right. kid. Right. Um, and then Kelly got more involved with the seminar staff and, uh, eventually, um, I think it was actually through him, uh, the invitation was there if I wanted to come and, and, and basically intern or help out at, at a seminar. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So it just happened. How, how, does, how does someone get on the seminar staff today? The first prerequisite is you have to have your level three. So you got to sit for that monster test and do that. Um, that's the first step. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you, and then after you do that, if you want to be on the L1 team, you send Dave and Nicole an email. Uh, we have like a intern support team and uh, once you get that test out of the way you can email them and then they'll let you know if they have availability like a lot of it has to do with uh, how much need there is because we have a pretty established staff at this did point. you see the ogar film not yet oh you got to see it i'd love to hear what you think about it in terms of its it, it basically represents many things mm. but one of the things that it, it does represent is uh, one person's journey to becoming on, to becoming on the staff to get on the staff yeah, yeah. and and there's details like that that it leaves out i think i don't think i remember hearing about the L3 well at that thing. that might not have been the case at the time and, and also movies can't give you every well, sure sure but but that like that process is <clears throat> i always get the time distorted a little bit but in my mind that's like a bit of a newer process yeah the know, level, so. at the time we, we did get into it in the film you with, did with kevin okay um but at the time the red, the, the level three was not a, a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure that that's actually been around for more than a yeah. It's year? it's it's relatively yeah maybe a little half? more than that. Yeah, 
Madison or Carson, what's your favorite? Oh, Madison every day. Matt Frazier or Rich Froning? For what? Who's the fittest man of all time? I think until <clears throat> until Matt takes it two more times, you got to give the advantage to Rich. Although I agree, I watched his podcast; it was really good. Uh, uh, that might be that might be. The, you mean the interview with Fraser? Yeah, I uh, I think to I mean. be maybe the best CrossFit champion of all time, he's got to win it two more times at least. But like when you look at Matt's numbers. Just from his performances up to this point, do you think he's fitter than the fittest Rich ever was? I don't know. That's really do you hard care to, say. to speculate. I Adrian? don't really care to speculate. I really like and respect Matt's uh, view on that, and I, I totally agree with him that it's an apples to orange comparison. And it's like, well, Einstein or Abe Lincoln, and you're like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, how do you how do you quantify Kobe that? or Jordan? So, yeah, yeah it's know. like. Um, but that being said, I I like both of those guys. But uh, I I like both of I, those I guys to too. But to I think Rich. Matt Matt's performances performance this year was insane. Yeah, I think he's got the potential to eclipse what Rich has done on the individual side for sure. But until he's done that, I I got to give the edge to Rich. He has to. What what does Matt have to do? He has to stay healthy, stay away from fast women, drugs. Good advice for most of us, yeah. Distractions from silly things that Nike might want him to do. Something tells me he's uh Oh, he's pretty comfortable saying no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be very difficult. I don't to know him that well, him. but that's just a hunch. Uh, what do you like about Madison? Oh man, everything. I thought that uh yeah, the hardest part was just the unfamiliarity with the venue. You know, we the weather was amazing. I agree. I, if it was like that every year, I'd be pumped. I want it to be worse. There was only one really cold day. Everyone's like, yeah. was it hot and humid? Hotter? I said, no, no, it no was both. One. Like, uh, uh, give me the extremes. I loved it. When it was raining that like was, crazy. That was cool. We had the heavy wind. Yep. I was it like, this is really perfect. cold. And then it was hot and humid. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I like that. Um, but uh, I thought everything was, was great about Madison. I thought... The venue, once we got kind of the lay of the land, you know, like in Carson, we've been there so long, you know, the shortcuts you can get around and you kind of Madison or Los Angeles. Oh, come on, man. I know. It's a, it's kind of LA like shocking to me. <laughs> it's shocking. No, LA, I, I don't really, I really like LA, LA but I, I cannot know. believe how much better Madison is for <laughs> an event. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It Why was would no you question. ever go to LA for an event? Everything should be done in Madison. I mean, it's like if you want your crowd to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the, and just the vibe. I mean, it was a totally different thing. It was awesome. And you would think LA is this hub for just millions and millions of people and these phenomenal airports and these great hotels. You would get larger crowd there, but no. The actual the truth is, is the proximity. Madison, yeah, it's all jammed up. I mean, it just you can't get yeah. anywhere in LA. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's eight other major things happening every weekend of the year you just a uh, drop in the bucket yeah and, uh, how weird was it landing in madison walking on the um what are those tunnels called that connect the airport to the plane the jetway jet, or, the jetway walking through the jetway and seeing pictures of crossfit athletes oh yeah i was just like holy shit yeah they were all around town too <clears throat> yeah well, and just like the level of engagement you know like you go out to dinner and the the you know, your wait staff is, they want to talk to you about the event. They're like, they care about you coming to their town where nobody cares in LA. They're like, yeah, whatever. You know? Yeah. Who, who, who's second in command on the judging staff after you? 
That's a tough question to answer only because there's different divisions now that kind of have their own leadership. And so you have to clarify a little bit. Like, are we talking about the team division? I'm saying are if, we talking you, about if your plane got um, hijacked right. and they took you to New Delhi and the games had to go on while they were right. working out your hijack situation, who would take your spot at the games? Uh, at this point, probably Todd or Chuck, I would say. At the Open last year... Dan Bailey did a workout in some guy's garage. It was freezing. Oh, yeah. It was freezing cold. Was that last year? Two years ago. It was two years ago. 16. BKG, right? I think it was 16. Yeah. Were you at that event? Yeah. And one and, and a judge, who was Dan? <coughs> well, Dan had a judge. It, was, yeah. it wasn't you, right? No. That was Alexander, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. He's trying to leave his name. Out. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sorry, Joe. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> and there was a, and there was a miss and there was a miscount. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was it was live for the world to see. Yeah, that was um, tough, tough. You know, hundred and some odd countries participating, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands yep. of gyms, um, and 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 fucking poor Dan's heart was fucking shattered what what well and what can you do about that like how can you avoid human error like that basically for people who don't know there was a score given to dan but there was a miscount by the ref right yeah on the last uh set of the most difficult part of the workout he was told it was over and it wasn't over yeah and so dan's time dan had to do the workout again right yep and i think he i if memory serves i think his second attempt was not as fast as his first one would have been right so it's a real drag what what happens like as the, as the head judge for crossfit like what do you do do you go back and be like okay we're not going to have humans count anymore or we're going to have two judges no or- i mean we look at we look at trying to simplify the process a lot and so for a long time we would always get prompted from broadcast and media that it was very important that we have this countdown on the hands and you know so that they can see what's going on and and yeah that that is important but I think people don't realize sometimes the difficulty of trying to retain focus for something like that in that situation. And then something seemingly benign, holding your hand out or whatever. Like it seems like, oh, I, I'd be able to do that. It's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know. But then a mistake is made and turns out that wasn't as simple as it as it should have been. It um, does not. It does not look simple. By the way, to me, right? I mean, maybe so, to some people, but like, so it, it, the the direct fallout of that because you have two things going on, right? You're trying to count, mm-hmm. and you're trying you're trying to quiet that voice in your head. That's oh a, shit! I hope I don't fuck this up. That's but, especially yeah, I mean, true when when the movement requires a judgment call. Well, sure, you and, know, if and it's not I, just a task accomplishment. Like on both, like on both ends, like yeah. a squat, top I, and bottom. I it's think like, the hardest thing is that you know you talk about how hard it was on dan i mean jesus we had to put you on like suicide watch basically you know like god it was oh, hard so he on was him. hard on himself. oh god are you kidding like yeah absolutely like it was it was Got rough it. yeah um did he wear a disguise when he went out in public for the next month <laughs> you'll have to ask him when he's a really him good show, dude too yeah, yeah, joe's great yeah. Oh, yeah and super smart and very capable and you know he's all of the things that you would want if rory would have done in, that he'd killed himself because right? <laughs> rory's a sensitive guy but the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that 
it's a high stress situation and it's very difficult to not get wrapped up in the energy of the athlete, the energy of the crowd, the energy of everything else that's going on and just maintaining that line. Like that's hard to do and uh, mistakes happen, you know? So the immediate fallout of that particular instance was, Hey, we need to look at these hand signals and we need to ask ourselves, what do we, what do we need more? Do we need camera guys being able to see, you know, last couple of reps? Well, we have an electronic device that is supposed to be taking care of that. There are other ways we can, clue people into that maybe that's something we should take off of the judge's plate you know as much as we can were there so, any major changes or any changes made after that incident yeah i mean that yes that was the one the hand signal uh, we changed that right away and uh i mean really it's a rudimentary thing like the judging of these events always comes back down to practicing the basement the basics and um <coughs> you know when i'm in charge at regionals or games or whatever I always try to get people practicing the basics and a lot of them have been around for a long time and I kind of get an eye roll sometimes like I'll make people sit there and count with a partner double unders like all right before the event starts you're in backstage you get a partner we're going to do it like this you're going to count double unders and I've done that a bunch of different ways where it's like the three of you guys would count silently write it down on a piece of paper and then you got to hold it up when I say hold it up and if anybody's off then we got to do it again, yeah. you know, you get an eye roll about stuff like that, but it's like, no, no, that's the job is like doing these basic things in a high stress situation. And sure. it's not, Especially it's not easy. When you're talking about Al, uh, uh, Alessandra Pacelli's lifted the games this year. Um, was, oh yeah. Was it a snatch or a clean and jerk? Yeah, snatch. snatch. It was a snatch. Yeah. Okay. It was max snatch. And, um, she had a 10 pound weight. I'm on. supposed to be working out with Rory. Sorry. She had a, she had a, he won't come in. <laughs> he doesn't want to come in. There's no, there's a chair right there for you. <laughs> He there knows a, better. There was a. Uh, here he comes. Here he comes. You can have a partner back. Yeah, you can have him back in just a minute. Sorry, dude. Hey, so are you doing a show with Adrian today? Yeah. Oh, you fixed your hair up. Shit, man. Every day can be the best day. Fix it a little bit. She's got the the weight on the bar. Whose responsibility was that to oh. t to tell her that? Um, both. It was both. So is that her fault or the judge's? Please have a seat. Rory. The answer is yes. Put on your headphones. Yes. It's both. Both. Okay. Um, you know, she had to declare the weight that she was about to do mm -hmm. and she's responsible for loading her weight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Rory, don't to, bump that camera. She has to bear some your, of the responsibility. Scoot your chair closer to Adrian, please. Thank you, sir. I know this isn't your first rodeo. It's technical. She's responsible and we're responsible, but really it yeah. comes down to her. I, I think it's both. I mean, you know, like the... And so her well, judge well, could have said it would have been within the rules for her judge to say, hey, uh, fuck, you, you got a plate missing. Put it on. Oh, yeah, there. absolutely. And it happens all the time. Okay. Um, and for like events like that, we've done a lot of lifting events like that. And uh, like we're pretty explicit in what we say before the athletes go out there. And we're like, look, you know, like you'll... If there's a mismatch or a miscommunication between the judge and you or you do the math wrong when you're loading and you declare 315, but there's actually 325 on the bar, whatever, you always get credit for what you lift. You know, like it's the only fair way to do it. Um, Did you talk to the judge afterwards? Yeah, I mean, you know, we always talk to. And what do you say to the judge? Hey man, you should double check that. Yeah, I mean, that's. So it really does, okay, I didn't realize that. I figured that, that hey, it's all on her. No, no, I mean, it's a shared responsibility. That's like, that's why they're there. Well, part of the reason why they're there. Not just to judge, but, but support. Well, just to make sure that it's fair. And part of that is making sure that, you know, things are where they're supposed to be. But um, 
It was fair. Well, and let, let me let me take it one. Yeah, you're right. But let me take it one step further. In my opinion, she wouldn't have made the lift with the extra ten pounds on. We're I'm talking ten thousand feet, man. We're we're going above that. This okay. is a specific instance. I'm I'm talking next level. Okay. Um, let me see if I can get my head wrapped around it. Yeah. Can you mm. get there with me? I'm going. Mm. Coming up. Mm. Okay. Um. The judge is there to make sure that the event is as fair as it possibly can be and to try to, you know, create an environment that the athletes can showcase their abilities. I think that's a misconception sometimes. And I know the athletes certainly can get into a headspace where it's like this, I don't know, uh, us against them. Yeah, exactly. And it's nothing like that. Like we want them to put their best performance forward. However, that has to be done in the context where everybody else is doing the same thing, you know. Um, Were any judges removed during the games this year? Uh, I like someone did such a poor job that you saw. You're like, okay. not from my guys, but at the games, I I have a, a in previous, really in previous years. Have you removed someone? Uh, have you ever had to tell a judge, hey, you know what, day two, been watching you, you're done. It's definitely happened. Or we'll move them to a position that's less critical. That's definitely happened. Um, I, no specific instances come to my mind right now, but yeah, it's definitely happened. Rory, as part of media, like when when you see bad judging, are you guys allowed to talk about it, or is there like an order from Dave Castro that's like, hey, don't point out any of our shortcomings? I feel like I'm walking into the middle of just a firestorm. All <laughs> oh god there uh, are there are comments hey, did this go anywhere wasn't that positive feedback on ours oh my goodness <laughs> did i say that, did I say that? <laughs> Wait, was that is that one of those things you're talking about in the beginning where... <laughs> oh, oh man I love adrian uh, so so i had i had asked rory, me I had, for feedback i had rory on the show <laughs> and um, i love that you just he Damn. said uh God, I oh, can't we remember. Partners. I can't remember. I think, I think, I think, I think he actually made me a shit sandwich, of maybe. It. Yeah. I don't, did I ask for feedback or did you just offer it up? No, no, you asked. No, I, you wouldn't asked have, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have just shotgunned you like that. Oh, and I asked at a bad time. It was, you had just written a thousand miles and you had also, you, you had written a thousand miles it on was, a, It was an honest yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to be honest. Just be honest. Whatever he's, you know. He was on a motor. Miles, zero miles. He rode a thousand miles on a motorcycle. He Back. came into the gym at HQ. I was only one of two people there to support him at the end of his ride. Eric being the second. I gave him a a, a, a trinket of sorts to Which say like was like, awesome, like an award. You know, I brought a little. It was like a bullet that turns into a pocket knife. Nice. And then I watched him do a, a workout that had a thousand reps in it. And then he still had to ride seventy miles home to his beautiful wife. And I like a fucking moron. It sounds like I asked for some feedback on the show. <laughs> and he said, uh, "So I listened to the show with Rory and." You know, it didn't really go anywhere. I think it was more like this. Dismissive <laughs> shrug. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. It didn't really. But he, uh, but he said he liked one of the I other shows. I enjoyed it. Remember. But yeah, I just thought, you know, I keep gurgling. I don't know what that is. That's uh, some sound issues we're having. Did you just do that here at work? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, last week, I kind of got the starter beard going. I really so, appreciate it. Yeah, one week worth A lot. Of I like, I like it. Yeah. Is it Tuxedo Social Club? I mean, that's kind of taken. <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> oh. 
I mean, is that the first you guys have talked about his feedback about the show didn't go anywhere? It is the first time. Yeah, he just he just launched right <laughs> just, in. Just comes in here. Just oh, comes man. in here and drops it. I think it was better than the other options that we had to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of deflected. It was nice. Yeah. I don't remember what the question was. Oh, though. I remember. Chase is Chase just lets people have it. I feel like I let right. Just lost. Yeah, kind of going up and down. What's going on over there? Oh, dude, Eric! Eric oh, is just I'm back. I'm fucking back. this show up. Okay. If this, if technically we were as nice as his beard, we'd be on top of things. But he definitely has his priorities. Hey, real talk. It's one thirty. You have to get home, right? Yeah, at some point. Okay. okay. Are you in a time bind? I gotta. Yes, I gotta be doing. Did Road just hijack okay. your podcast? He did. It's the third Wait, one he's time? done. Hijack. How long you got? It's my fault. I invited him. Okay, Adrian. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Rory, thanks for making a cameo. Tyson, I hope I didn't pull you away from anything more important. Did we get enough? And we have plenty. Okay. I apologize for the technical problems. Thank you.